And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How you doing, Pas? Hey, Gav. How you doing, man? Good, mate. And Jazz, how you doing, Jazz? Hey, hey. Cool, cool. All right. Lots to talk about. Um, one of the most amazing games, I think, that I've I've ever seen. Uh, a game we should have won, could have got absolutely smashed and uh, ended up drawing, which was probably a fair result. Um Swayed went one way, then the other. Lot to get through. So uh, I think what we'll do, we'll go through the game chronologically, and then we'll we'll hit on some of the other points after. So um, so to start off, uh, let's start with a with a starting lineup. As we kind of predicted that Jesus would be starting, Trossard coming off the bench. Uh, didn't think Saliba would would make it. Exactly what we thought, right? And and the right decision. Yeah, no surprises. It was the right. It, for me, it was the right decision, and it was one that I think Arteta was going to always go along with. Um, so yeah, 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 no surprises at all. No, and it, it worked out that way. Past it was the right decision, right? Because that that, that first half an hour, um, we were fantastic, and and so was uh, so was Jesus. And I I thought all game actually until he come off, he was he was a, a pain in the butt for the Liverpool centre halves. They didn't get any time to bring the ball down and pick passes and you know we had the ability to it's the ability to go long with a five foot nine centre forward that always shocks me. He was for me he was fantastic actually. Um I, I also some of if if you watch there was this particular play he did when he controlled it on his chest and there's like about three Liverpool players around him and he did a like wonderful flick. Um, he, he, he really is, um, that those moments are exactly what we've always talked about throughout the whole season that we miss. Um, he's just, uh, yeah, it's incredible for someone of his size, um, the, the, the control on the ball, but also just the hold up play, the tenacity, uh, there's no player that compares to him in our, in our squad. Yeah, and that's why we all thought we had to start, and 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 that's why he did. So, just the start of the game, we we started we started well, exactly like we thought we needed to. We pushed them back. We won a corner. Um, we looked a little bit nervy after that when they cleared it, and there was a little bit of a couple of times we gave the ball away in midfield. But then we started to really take control, and it was only seven minutes in. White finds Saka coming in off the touchline. He tried a one-two with Erdegaard. It, it didn't quite come off, but it deflects into the path of Martinelli. And, and what a finish, Just. Oh, uh, yeah. A great way to start. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm sure, like a lot of others were, I was uh, incredibly stressed out watching this game. Um, was kind of, uh, I don't want to say dreading, but, you know, was, was worrying about it beforehand. And, and to, uh, to get a goal uh, so early on, I think, helped a lot. Um, and then we looked firmly in the driver's seat for a little bit after that. <clears throat> yeah, we did because straight after that we had uh, some good work by by Jesus. Um, ball comes across to Saka. Jesus carries on his run. Saka cuts back and whips that ball into the far post, and Saka makes uh, and Jesus makes contact, but just sort of over and, and wide. He just couldn't get it back in from the angle. 
um, at that point, and that came just after Zinchenko actually had forced a really good save from from Allison from the edge of the box too that he, he whipped across. And at that point, past there's only one team in it. Yeah, we took our we took we definitely uh, stamped our authority in the game. We looked to have control. Um, Liverpool looked a little bit subdued. I think we also quieted the crowd a bit. They weren't really as raucous as they got later on. Um, yeah, we 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 just looked to be in 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 in, in the control that we thought we would probably have. I think we we all spoke about it that we thought that we we didn't initially take the game to them but once we got in once we started to get our flow that's exactly what we were doing for for the majority of that first half yeah um i mean they had they had one chance just after that on on 20 minutes when white got dragged out of position uh, a bit the ball got clipped over and, and roberts dragged the ball wide but that was really all they had um and then a couple of minutes later we get the first of what for me was a series of horrific refereeing decisions. I thought this referee was absolutely abysmal on Sunday. I've got to say, it's one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen. And it's the Ben White booking. When he wins the ball, I'm not even sure he gets any of Jota whatsoever. And just the ref couldn't wait to get the get the yellow card out. And, and I just thought that was the start of where the ref really lost control. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it feels to me just like, you know, typical home pressure. Uh, it did look like he couldn't wait to have a reason to book one of the Arsenal guys. And, uh, and you know, you saw Liverpool players do that. The same thing, most of the time, even worse and, and never pick up a booking. I mean, you could probably not, excuse me, you could probably name like three Kanate uh, times where that happened. Um, Kanate was running around like a bull in a china shop for that yeah. entire first half. I mean, he was pushing everybody in the back. He was kicking people. He was pulling people. He just, Tierney just, Paul Tierney just let it go, right? The whole time. Yep. He did not pull up one of them fouls. Not one. <clears throat> but at the other end, when Salah got a slight nudge in the back, or Jotter especially gets a slight nudge in the back, down he goes. It's a free kick immediately. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it just felt like uh, some some serious home pressure I, I was prepared for the game to go that way. I think it was a little more egregious than I, than even I expected. Um, but you know, I think that's part of the the difficulty with like the whole Anfield experience as well. That the referee wants the crowd off his back too. Yeah, well, I mean, we so we get over that, um, and then we get on to twenty seven minutes, and and here we've got the second goal, and and this goal was an absolute beauty. It's a great pass by Jack and putting some spin on it down the line. Martinelli does brilliant cutback, crosses in, and Jesus with that header pass. Jesus loves them headers inside the box for someone that's someone that's so small. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and he scored it as well. So it's um, it, it was um, uh, a classic move, a classic cross. Um, Martinelli was buzzing in that first half. He was, you know, really going for it, and he did in the the the, the home game as well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was what we deserved, I think for, for how we were playing. Um, and you know, at that point you, you're feeling quietly confident. Um, I was going back to Paul Tierney. He was the ref for the Spurs game, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, when we played them away. Yep. So it kind of all adds up, doesn't it? I mean, wasn't he very, uh, trigger happy when we played them? Not, not that holding didn't deserve to be sent off in that game, but what about the Cedric penalty? I mean, what what was that? I mean, it was like a little nudge, and then it, it, it wasn't the biggest surprise that refereeing display, and it was kind of expected, as Justin said. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they they did get Van uh, Van Dyke did get the booking um, just after the half hour when Jesus made him look stupid, skip past him, and yeah. and he actually fouled him twice, kicking out him twice, and it's the sort of foul. It's a yellow card. It's a foul, absolutely. But if that's Granny Xhaka, I think the referee's thinking about what colour that card is. To be quite yeah. honest, I've seen Xhaka sent off for that. Is all I'm saying. I'm not saying it was a sending off, but I've seen Granny Xhaka sent off for that, and it would not surprise me. So then we get to 39 minutes and just here we go. So Xhaka is fouled by Kanate on the touchline. He gets shoved in the back. Then he gets his leg swept away. Kanate thinks it's a foul. He turns back inside with the ball. He is shocked that there's no foul. He knocks it back to Trent. Xhaka goes in on Trent to try and win the ball. They come together, a little knock. Xhaka's moving away. Trent runs up, pushes him in the back, and there we go again. Yellow card for Xhaka, yellow card for Trent. Yeah, so with this one, obviously the uh, the Kanate foul on, on Xhaka should have been a free kick. You know, I mean, that's really all there is to it, and then the rest of what happens wouldn't even matter. Um, so huge missed opportunity there for us. Uh, Tierney lets it go, and uh, Xhaka retaliates in a way that isn't uncommon you know that you see a lot of times just going back in to win the ball I think he was obviously annoyed he didn't get that initial foul him and uh him and uh Trent come together and uh you know when I was watching it live I actually was a bit annoyed at Xhaka uh it just kind of felt like same old same old you know like I didn't want to see him do that but that was just kind of in the heat of the game and I've seen it back you know eight ten times now and I don't really think there's much in it at all I know there's kind of a, a decent bit being made in the in the fandom right now that um, that turned on the Anfield crowd, crowd, but I really I don't see it like that. Uh, wasn't really much in it, and then they go on to to score after that. So I think the goal did it. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely nothing in that 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 riled the crowd up. This isn't the same as Klopp last year. First off, that game was not like this one. We weren't two 0 up. The crowd, the crowd were flat on Sunday because we were 2 0 up and controlling the game. Yeah. The crowd didn't get back into it because of a, a little push and shove, like in the game last year where it was still 0 0. And they kind of got up with that fight on the touchline. That's not what happened here. We didn't get a free kick that we should have got. The ref then pulls up, for, and it was, it was Trent that pushed Xhaka in the back, by the way. This wasn't Xhaka starting anything, it was Trent pushing Xhaka in the back as he's running away. They then go up the other end and score, and that goal is what lifted the crowd. It was nothing to do with any little tete-a-tete between Shaka and TAA. The game was dead. We were two up, and it was absolutely dead. So I don't want to hear any of that, and I'll tell you something else. If that isn't Granite Xhaka, if that's Gabriel Jesus or Gabriel Martinelli, that doesn't even get mentioned. The only reason anyone is mentioning that as a possible turning point or flashpoint is because it's Granite Xhaka. So I, I, I'm not even entertaining any of that talk. It's bullshit. And anyone that brings it up, you're bringing it up just because it's Granit Xhaka for no other reason. So, I mean, I can't say that strongly enough. The fact is it was a foul. The ref didn't give a foul, the same as he wasn't giving anything on Kanate all afternoon. Should have been a free kick to us. They don't score. But it's not. So pass. They go down the other end. White gets far too tight on Jota, who manages to flick it around the corner. Holding slow to get across. Curtis Jones is running that in. By the time he gets there, Jota's made up the ground. Jota's gone on the outside. Odegaard took the wrong angle to try and track him. I don't know where Ben White was. Um, but Odegaard was trying to track Jota. He took the wrong angle and went inside of White when he should have gone outside of White. 
They pull it back. Henderson gets a toe on it, flicks it to the back post, and in comes Salah. Goal. I mean, it was a preventable goal. Um, it just, you know, that's what knocked us, right? Yeah, lack of concentration, that's what knocked us. It wasn't, um, uh, I don't think the incident with Shaka really, it's, it's a coincidence that it was just before that goal, but it was lack of concentration. I thought Henderson's touch was very fortuitous. I don't think that was his intention to get Salah at the back post because that's, uh, he's one, he's not a very great, a, a good player. And I don't think that's part of his caliber uh, to do that. So I think that was very fortuitous, but it is a lack of concentration and you want to see that, you want to see that game out at half time at 2-0. It's it, it really is as simple as that. Um, because just letting any team back in, um, especially Liverpool at Anfield with a goal before half time, you're asking for problems because then you've got a full half, you've got the half time whistle, you've got the half time talk, and then you know that's what can happen. But yeah, it was just lack of concentration. You you can't um I I I, I think it's poor journalism or poor, poor punditry to put that incident with Shaka and, and Trent on a ball going down the other end and multiple opportunities for defenders to, you know, tighten up and, and then go missing and then a fortuitous touch. How's that got? That's not got anything to do with anything. Um, no, and, and again, had he just given the free kick that was yeah, the most yeah. obvious free True. kick you've ever seen on 39 minutes, Mm. When that ball is in the goal, we're actually lining up to take that free kick going into the box. I know that that is true, but also as as I think as a uh, as a team who's challenging for the title, you have to sometimes bear with these useless fucking referees who don't know what they're doing, and and deal with it and have the concentration to see a game out till half time. So. You know, whatever the ifs and, and buts and whatever is that could have happened or hypotheticals that we can think of, the fact remains there still was an opportunity to hope, you know, prevent that from going in. Because they really, besides that Salah chance, which Ramsdale saved, they didn't do much in that, that first half at all. So, you know, it, it, it really is one of those that then made the whole thing so much more torturous for us as fans um, because it's a blur for me. I have to recap things in my mind because it, it was just on tender hooks then after that goal. Yeah, and we, we did actually pass nearly concede another one straight after that with a exactly. clipping to the back post, a jot or header and Ramsdale mm. pushes it out to Henderson. And I think it was a difficult chance. Like I, I don't, yeah. you know, he had defenders in front of him. And, and like you say, Henderson, it, you're not looking at Gerd Muller here. So, you know, I'm not really expecting him a half volley one in the top corner with four defenders in front of him from 12 yards. No. But it was just a view of what was to come. Mm. And, yeah, and absolutely. And it's a really scary thought because, you know, you see that's now, that's got the crowd going. Simple as that. It's got the crowd going. It's right before half time. Liverpool then are rallied by that. And then you've got the halftime team talk and you know what's going to be said in their dressing room. Um, and ours is a difficult one because you can say, well, keep doing what you're doing. But then again, we've let them back in again. So what is it? Um, with Liverpool's, it's very simple. You're back in it, carry that on and get that goal. Um, so it's one of those really tough moments as a fan because you see what we've been seeing all season for 40 minutes. And then there's that little moment of lapse of concentration. I, I don't want to go heavy on anyone in particular, but I'm just saying that it, it is really one of those where you, you kind of get that gut feeling, don't you, of what's to come in that second half. 
Yeah, and I kind of felt like in that second half, it was uh, it was almost a back in time to the bad old days where yeah. we dig in and we go deeper and deeper and we stop trying to play our game. And I think part of that is what we have. We hold, and I, I understand it. We did it at Leeds and we got away with it. Um, I do understand why you do it that way, but I do always hate it when we do it. It, it doesn't feel good. And we when we come out at the start of that second half, just it never felt like we were going to hold on, right? I mean, it didn't to me. Uh, no, it, it didn't. And uh, in, in my opinion, what you just said is is really the big reason why I think is that we tried to set up shop instead of just playing our game. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And and this, let's just bring it forward to this, just because we come on very early in the second half to the penalty. And <laughs> so, I don't know if it was one of you. Someone texted me. No, no, it was Moni Nimre. He texted me <laughs> at half time and he said to me, This cunt of a ref is going to give them a penalty. He cannot wait for it. Six minutes after half time, Horner comes in, Holding's going to clear the ball. Jota just runs in front of him. Down he goes. This is infuriating to me. With everything that Kanate was doing, Kanate made this same foul six times in that first half. Six times. Didn't get called for it once. Not once. Tierney could not wait to point to the spot for this. Personally, I don't think it's a penalty. I think he's running across. This isn't this. He didn't see him. He didn't push him. This isn't like the Kanate one on Shaka where he's pushed him in the back and then swept his legs. Jota has literally run alongside holding and their legs have got tangled. How, how did you see that one, Just Yeah, exactly like that. Um, it just kind of looked like a, a leg tanglement. I don't think holding uh, lunged in or anything like that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's harsh. But again, you know, just just going by what I expected, the treatment, we I thought we'd get an Anfield. And the performance of the refs, I wasn't surprised either. You know, it was kind of one of those. Um, but I think holding, I don't think holding really did anything wrong or anything like that. So it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So Salah puts it wide. And the reason I wanted to skip forward real quick with this, Justin, the reason I interrupted you is because my one thing I was thinking at the time, and I actually said this to Matt, who the Liverpool fan that was on with us last week, I was talking to him. And I said to him, we may have been better off with that penalty going in because with that penalty going wide, we carried on digging in and, and sitting back. And when we get on to their goal later on, we started going forward again after we scored. Do you, do, you, do you get that feeling? Just that maybe if that had have gone in, we might have gone back to being a bit more front-footed. Oh, um, you know, that's kind of a tough one. I mean, yes... Like the the straight answer is yes, of course we you know two two we would have to push on for a win we wouldn't have a choice. I think some of the subs would have been different as well. I don't think we bring on an extra center back for our attacking mid. Um, we will do the subs by the way, but we'll do them later on. Okay, because there's uh, a big conversation to be had around that too. So so yeah, I mean obviously we it'll it changes the game, but I don't know if I could say we'd be better off. It's just kind of. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I just wish we would have played our, our game for longer and, and, and didn't try to set up shop. And it's, you know, some of those subs, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. But yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. And then for the next 25 minutes, nothing happens. Like literally nothing happens. There is not a shot 
in the next 25 minutes. Um, and because of the way it ended, as you kind of forget that that little lull in play even even happened. But we were pretty comfortable for, for the majority of the next 25 minutes. Yeah, we, I, I, I can't remember much from that period. I just was, you know, expecting something from Liverpool, but there wasn't much happening in there. Um, I, I thought we were we, we pretty, you know, we, we, we were on the back foot still, though. We weren't dominating the game. We weren't controlling the game, but they weren't really penetrating the defence. And when you get to that sub uh, uh, point, uh, there is something that, that is relevant to that because... Yeah, so let's do the sub now then. Let's do the sub now then, Pat. So, Kivior comes on for Odegaard and Trossard comes on for Jesus. My my thing about that is I think, you see, I get, I I absolutely agree that they weren't the right, but I know why Ateti was reactionary because Liverpool, if memory serves me correct, I think it was Fabinho they took off and then put on Nunez, I believe. Yep. Um, So they actually then had... What you got Nunez, Jota, Gapko. Uh, oh no, sorry, Firmino came on. Firmino, was, Firmino. Firmino and Nunez both came on. Basically, they're yeah. four attackers. So yeah. I know what Arteta was thinking. He was thinking, well, I if they're gonna now push the boat out with four attackers, I need to react with three defenders. I think that's what his mind process was, because it seemed reactionary. It was straight after the Firmino one where he then went made his decision. So it would be interesting to know if that was what he had planned. Or if it was just purely on the Liverpool substitutions, the the Kivio one I'm talking about, not yep. so much. Um, uh, I I think to be honest, I think Tierney should have. My my opinion, I know it's easy to say that, but I think Tierney should have come on earlier because I know Zinks um, uh, what he does for the attack. But I do feel at that point, if you're going to just defend and that's what you're going to do, you probably need Tierney at that left back for that reason. Um, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd love to know what Arteta's response to that is because it seemed to me more a reactionary decision based on the Liverpool substitutions rather than whether he really had that in mind to do it in the first place. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, Jaz, my problem really wasn't with Kivy or so because I think had Rob Holding been on the bench and Saliba been starting, that would have been the sub. Holding would have it's Rob Holding, though, Gav. Yeah, it's Rob Holding. That's, right? that's a so big difference. I think that's the sub. That wasn't my problem. My problem was taking off Jesus, right? And I, I tell you what, I understand Jesus has been out and I understand he's tired. But Jesus is a different centre-forward to Trossard, as we've said time and time again. Mm. Those two centre-backs cannot bring the ball down and play whatever pass they want when Jesus is there. First off, Jesus is a bigger threat for the more direct passing. He buzzes around them centre-backs. He gets in amongst them. They do not have that sort of time. Bringing on Trossard at that point of the game was pointless. Absolutely pointless. Trossard is not going to do anything while we're just trying to defend like that. You put that ball up there, it's coming straight back. The two centre-halves have now got all day just to pick passes wherever they want to go. So my my problem was more with that. I agree with you, Pastor. I thought Zinchenko looked absolutely shattered. And I thought he probably should have come off. And it, you're right, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think a lot of people at the time were saying it. And I actually think before the goal, Tierney was actually already stripped and ready to come on right. before the goal. But he came on up. Obviously, he didn't get on in time. So, just, um, what's your thoughts on the subs? Well, I agree with you completely on on Jesus versus Trossard. Um, but I, I, 
I think it was made that way because he's yet to do 90 minutes. Like that was a sub that I was expecting no matter what. And I think uh, regardless of game state, it was a sub Arteta was going to have to make. I don't think Jesus is doing 90 yet. Now the timing, I guess, could have been better. And I agree with you in uh, all the positives Jesus brings. Uh, But I think that one was happening no matter what. Um, I have a pretty big problem with the Kivior one though. Um, I don't ever really like it when you pull off like a midfielder for an extra central defender. Um, it invites way too much pressure. It it rarely mm. works out, especially against a team as good as Liverpool. Kivior's this is what his second appearance for the club. Yeah, uh, being dropped into Anfield, I uh, I didn't like that at all. And I know we've already said it two or three times, but we were better off just trying to play our game. I uh, I think Tierney for Zinchenko would have been a better sub and shortest more up defensively. I think it was uh, asking a ton of key viewer, though. Mm. And then, well, and it, then we lost an outlet in Odegaard, of course, too. So, Well, it only takes a couple of minutes for it to start to go wrong, right? Because that's yeah. when key viewer gambles on the halfway line, goes through the back of someone. I think it was, uh, I think it might be Firmino. He went through the back off, didn't get the ball. Ball goes through to Nunes, and it's the first of this 15 to 20 minutes of absolutely crazy play. Um, yeah. And Aaron Ramsdale was just unbelievable. Um, but this this save was the one down low to his left jazz with a strong left hand. That's a great save with Nunes through. Yeah, it was. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about Ramsdale in this one. Uh, he was incredible. I'm watching it, you know, with my 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 eyes covered, just like looking through fingers, because I'm I'm stressed out. And Ramsdale like really made a couple incredible saves, unbelievable. Yeah, he he really did. And, and like I said, this is the point where the game really starts to come to life because they'd had all the ball for that second half, but they've not really caused any problems. Like I said, from the penalty up until Nunes went through on goal, there was there was just nothing at that point. We were reasonably comfortable. Then the game goes absolutely nuts. So 87 minutes, TAA absolutely does Zinchenko. I mean, he knotted him up. And like I said, at this point, Tierney was actually stripped on the bench, ready to come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just, he nutmegs him, comes inside, clips that ball across. And and there's our old friend, Bobby Firmino. I cannot wait till that fucker leaves in the summer. Yeah. Because <laughs> there he is again, nodding in. I think Ben White is going to be a bit disappointed with himself on the back post. Because I thought he could have done a bit, bit more with, with Firmino. Um, Ramsdale has got no chance. I mean, Trent really makes that, doesn't he? That that bit of skill and that clip has. Yeah, yeah, it was delicious cross. Uh, I know you could maybe question a little bit of the challenge on Firmino, but really, I mean, what can you do with that cross? And I think him getting to the byline. I think what we talked about. Um, it, it, it was just a little bit baffling why he took so long to put Tierney on because if if the intention is to defend, which is the whole purpose, which seemed to be that was the whole second half, this is, I know we've talked many times about what we can uh, offer on an attacking front, but if your thing is to defend, then you put the defender on. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did him completely. Um I also want to ask Justin, when he said he closed his eyes, did he feel like turning around to the screen and looking the other direction to hear the crowd and see what the reaction is like one manager did when there was a penalty? Did you see that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What I didn't get about that, what he did, though, what I didn't get about what Klopp did is why did he turn around 
And then he did like um he did like a fist pump as if he had scored. Wouldn't he you know was in. by the crowd's reaction no, <laughs> that because, it wasn't a goal? <laughs> no, because three quarters of the ground thought it was in. So it oh, hit, really? Oh, yeah, okay. it hit the, it hit the station and bounced okay. out. And everyone, other than the first 15 rows of the cop, everyone else thought he had gone in and the ball bounced yeah. back out. That ground erupted. Mm. That's why Klopp went like that. It didn't take him long to figure out it hadn't. I know, it was yeah. hilarious, though. Yeah, um, he came back but, off the stanchion and they all thought it was in. Yeah, it was brilliant to watch. Um, but um, just going back to that, I think Kivior, I think Justin is exactly what my point was about Kivior, is that Rob Holding coming on, Rob Holding knows that job inside out. He does that. In fact, that's many of his subs appearances just been to come on as the third defender. I just think you're putting a, a kid on who's not been, you know, his debut wasn't particularly impressive. He's so, he's really raw. And I think in that kind of game, it's such an important game at that time. I don't know. It's asking for a lot. Um, so it, it, but, but yeah, Trent, Trent, Trent's pass goal. And then it was just absolute pandemonium. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Arteta makes that sub again, put it that way. I hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of times you can say, well, Man City away. Right. <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of times where you can say, well, the process was right. It just didn't work. That's mm. not one of them. The process wasn't right. And I, I don't think he would, I don't think he would do that again. Um, and I don't think he would take Jesus off in that situation again, either. If he, no. if he, uh, if he could have a crystal ball to look into the next 10 minutes, I don't think he would have, because I think that's where a lot of our problems stemmed from. The ball went up. It was never going to stick to Trossard. And Trossard doesn't get around the centre-backs the way Jesus does. And that's not a criticism of him. That's just how it is. It's just the sort of player he is. So, them subs, did they, they affected the game in a very negative way for us. Their subs affected the game in a positive way. It was already going that way. I think it just helped him along. Um well, Tierney comes off the bench immediately after that goal. Uh, like I said, he was stripped and ready to come on. And he comes on and straight away, he's down the other end, clean through, just just dragged it wide. I was out of my seat at that point. Yeah, uh, same. Uh, it was a really nice, uh, nice impact to the game. Yeah, had me uh, had me standing up. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I like forgot how rapid uh, Tierney is. He's pretty quick. Um mm. You know, in his last like couple appearances, I'm just like, wow, you know. So I, I do think there are appropriate times and places to to use him, even though you can tell that Arteta doesn't quite trust him. I saw somebody, and I, I can't remember who it who it was, but I saw somebody uh, call for um, uh, Tierney to come in for one of the midfielders and move Zinchenko into midfield. And I think that would have been a really interesting idea too, but it's also something we've never done before. So I, I don't think you're ever going to see that. I yeah. really don't. I just don't think that, that Zinchenko was ever bought to play in central midfield. Like I just don't. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. I mean, the one time when he brought Tierney on, as well as Zinchenko, Tierney played left wing. Yeah, Zinchenko true. played behind him. So I just don't see that. But we're we're really into the 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 nutty part of the game now. Because yeah. a couple of minutes later, we're well into injury time now. Robertson whips a ball in. Salah is on the far post. He just gets on it, but it goes over. I think he was offside, which is very lucky for us because Tierney had two handfuls of his shirt. And I think had he not been offside, yeah, that goes to the VAR, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I would look, I was looking at that. That's uh, and the way that it was going for us, that they would have given that as a penalty, I'm sure, because even if Tierney did not. 
we've you know he'll go to the monitor and he'll think absolutely nailed on penalty because that's the kind of cunt he is so we um yeah we were quite lucky with that one there was a good few tugs there as well yeah yeah it was it was a definite foul but luckily like I said luckily for us he was offside and I think a couple of them Liverpool chances in the second half were were offside um the flag just didn't go up because there was there was no need for it um we'll come on to another one in a minute but just before that like literally a minute later I think this is the Ramsdale save of the day. Um, Salah comes inside, bends up his left foot, hits big Gabby on the back, flicks off towards the top corner and just, I don't know how he got anything on that at all. Yeah, this one was great. This one and, and uh, the other one uh, where he's That's like... coming up next. Okay, all right. I, I won't I won't skip ahead. But yeah, just, just an incredible save. Uh, it would have been a tough save no matter what, but the fact that he dealt with the uh, deflection like that I mean, just mm. incredible reflexes. I, I, like I said, I mean, Ramsdale was 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 crazy impressive. Yeah, that save, Pass. Do you remember we played Sunderland away at the end of the ninety ninety one season? It was about three or four games before the end of the season, um, and Liverpool were still chasing us for the title at that point. And Gary Owers bent one from the corner of the box, and Seaman just got fingertips on it. To I, send I, it I was, you know, it was that one, and I think there was another that Seaman did very similar to that, which was the FA Cup Leeds. We played them at home. I think it's in that same season, if memory serves me correct. And Gary McAllister did a, a curler. Yes, yes. And Seaman pulled off a fingertips save. It's yeah. very similar to that. Absolutely. It's so funny how we were thinking on the same lines, both with the same goalkeeper in the same season. But yeah, it was absolutely world-class save. It was out of this world. And it was um, something that uh, we know he's got in his locker. Um, Yeah, you can't get any higher praise from me than comparing you to David Seaman because I think he's the best goalkeeper that's ever lived. So that was, uh, yeah, it, it was an incredible save. So um, just then we get on to the next one, which I think was actually your favourite save. And I think this was offside, by the way. I think there might have been two offsides in here. So first off, the free kick comes in. Nunes heads across. I think Nunes might have been offside. It reaches Canate. I think Canate might have been offside. Um, and Ramsdale gets down low and pushes it out. Let's deal with that before we get on to the counter. Uh, just another great save. Yeah, like seriously, when I'm when I'm watching it, I'm thinking like uh neo in the matrix dodging the bullets like his spatial awareness was so good to to make sure that ball didn't cross the line reflexes were just again like out of this world i um i've not seen it enough to to say for sure if i think somebody was offside but i just think the save itself was was so impressive and and probably uh uh you know really got a lot of the guys you know pumped up to you know to lead into the the counter as well yeah so the ball comes out Salah gets it back to goal. Big Gabby's at his back. Salah goes down. There's nothing in that at all. Um, Salah goes down. And then we counter. There's a good ball up. Trossard, great little flick off to Martinelli. Martinelli squares himself up. He's got Saka clear over. I mean, it's the 97th minute of an incredible game. Um, You know, personally, I'm thinking, Martinelli, take it. Take it on. Run another five yards and inside, and it's going to really open up. You've got Trossard one way, Saka the other. He tried the pass and pass. He just put too much on it. Yeah, that that, that one was absolutely excruciating to watch. Uh, yeah. um, I There were moments I felt that Martinelli had the ball for too long. I see what you're saying on that front. He could have taken it longer. But I think sometimes his decision-making, there were times when he could release that ball a lot quicker. 
that could have been one of them. If you're going to release it, release it quick or do what you're saying he should have done. I just think he did neither. He stalled on it a little bit too long and then the ball was poor. Um, but it was excruciating to watch because that was just after they missed that chance. So you've gone from one motion extremity to another in in literally a second. Um, it was um, it was it was it would have capped off something. But yeah, it, it was I, I, I it, it was just one of those games where this is exactly what was going on throughout the whole match. There were twists and turns like that. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it was. I, I think that was a golden chance for us to have at least got a shot in or or counted effectively, um, which unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think the first the first forty minutes, Saka and Martinelli had them fullbacks absolutely untouched. They were they both got on bookings, and in the second half, we'll touch on the Robertson thing half time. But they they twisted them both absolutely inside out. There were a couple of times where there were cutbacks from the byline that didn't quite reach Jesus or mm. didn't quite reach Jacker who was, who was running in, you know, there was, a, there was a few of them. And I, I thought Martinelli was actually superb. I thought going forward, Martinelli was our best player yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to be too, too hard no. on him for that because he, he you know, it, it, let's be fair. He had a tough job from 40 minutes onwards. He spent most of his time running backwards um so uh, and, and and it wasn't that easy a ball he's he's running full pelt at it and Saka's in a lot of space but Allison is out really really quick there really yeah. quick and you know and it's easy to forget that Allison's probably the best goalkeeper in the world I mean we had a we had a really good performance from our goalkeeper who I think is probably the second best goalkeeper in England but Allison's the best and I think even had that ball got to Saka that's still not a foregone conclusion because Allison was out so quick to cut that angle down pass yeah, I know. And I, I agree with you. I, I don't want to go hard on Martinelli at all because I thought he was outstanding and he's been outstanding as, as, uh, the last five, six games. So, And, and it's, it's just one when you see that opening and you, you're just, it's something you, you're hoping we can pull it off. But yeah, Allison is one of, he's like very similar to Edison in that regard in that they are sweepers basically. So they will come out and and he was onto that like a flash. And you could see you had to get that ball absolutely pinpoint, um, especially when you're up against a keeper like Allison there. But, um, yeah, we live to fight another day, I guess. Yeah, exactly. OK, lads, well, let's end the first half there. Um, we'll come back. We're going to carry on talking about the game in the second half for a while because I, I, I think there's there's still so much more to go over. Well, the horrific Robinson uh, incident, is that the one? We'll, you we'll, go through the, uh, we'll go through what happened at half time as well. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, lads. Well, listen, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime announcements. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience and we thank you for your support. Also, don't forget to check out our socials. We are The NN Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We try and put out some cool content, so give us a like or a follow and help us build our Guna community. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables. This is part two. Um, we're going to carry on talking a little bit about the game and, and everything around it because it's you know it was just such, a, such an insane, crazy game. Um, we'll just touch quickly, pass on the Robertson incident from half-time. Now, the angle that, that I've seen from the, the kind of higher-up angle, to me, Robertson goes over to the linesman aggressively. It looks like he grabs the linesman's arm. The linesman pulls his arm free and Robertson catches an elbow 
to the chin. Now, with the way that ref ref that first half in particular, I can only think that Robinson's going over to either stick a tenner in his hand or shake his hand and say thank you, right? <laughs> You'd think so. And he probably just shunned him and says, like, I can't accept bribes at this moment and then just hit him in the face. So, you know, it, it, it was a weird, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I think they're making a mountain out of a molehill with that. I, I, he, he's gone to him. Um, he's, he's gone aggressively giving, at the ref as well. Yeah, right? he went it's aggressively. Like he it looks like he's just that. pushing him away, you know, like trying to push him away and then obviously hits him in the face when doing so. Um, you know, they've uh, the FA have suspended him, right? How yes. about suspending Tierney for being a shit ref? I mean, are you going to look at that? No, they won't look at that. They're looking at this halftime incident if it was like the worst thing. It's a bit odd anyway why you suspend someone and you're looking into it. I, I don't understand how they work because Ivan Tony is still playing and he's been charged. So I, I don't get the way that they, they, they operate sometimes. They're suspending someone because they're looking into an incident, but yet they've made conclusions on incidences with players and they're still playing. So I, I don't know. I with a whole by these people, really. The whole referee debate, though, Judge, I assume you've seen the highlights from the Spurs-Brighton game, where, I mean, I thought the Matoma goal was handball and was disallowed. I can't for the life of me see why the Welbeck goal was disallowed. I know it deflected off his own player, but I don't see why that's disallowed. And the, the, there were two penalties. And actually, I think the one that's talked about less is the more outrageous one, which was the foul on Dunk. Um, but the one with the guy where Hoiberg who's just a, a, a walking shithouse, trod on Matoma's foot, just the quality of refereeing, just VAR hasn't helped, put it that way. Yeah, the quality is is shocking. Um, <clears throat> it just feels like there's there's multiple controversies, uh, you know, every game week. Um, and, you know, most teams feel like they're, you know, they're screwed over. And I don't think there's any conspiracy at all. It's literally just how shit the refereeing is. And it's like these guys are like so protected that nothing's ever going to happen with the bad performance. No, and I, this is where I think VAR has made this worse, not better, right? Because we're not getting the decisions right. Still, we're not getting them right. Yeah. There is an expectation with technology that you are going to get them right. And there's decisions like the one at Brentford, right? Our game at Brentford where the goal is given when it shouldn't be given and we should have two more points and blah, blah, blah. But we said this at the time. If there was no VAR, none of us would be any the wiser and we'd have all moved on at 1-1 and been fine. But because there is VAR, now we've seen that VAR has made a mistake, which has caused more controversy, which perhaps it was supposed to eradicate. Hey, this is true. Um, and and this is this is the whole problem with VAR at the moment. You've still got a human on the other, other, other line or other end, which is making it a decision and uh, unfortunately unless the goal line technology i think anyone can argue with that because it's technology it's actually not someone looking at it it's just there you go there's a decision i think with with var you still have a human element to it which unfortunately when you have the standard of refereeing that we have in the premier league can only speak for that i can't speak for the continent i can't speak elsewhere then you're going to get more crap decisions. You're going to get crap decisions after a crap decision. So it it, it really does not help matters at all. It, it, it seems to actually anger people more because for a, like you're saying, for some, for a reason, you're bringing in something to alleviate a problem, but then you're actually creating another problem. 
And I, I, I just, I, I, they, they've not. I know there's advocates. I'm, I, I, I was more pro VAR when it first came in, but um, I am starting to lose my absolute patience with it because I just, I think our standard refereeing is the poorest. And I think unless that's sorted first, then how can you look at other options like VAR when you include the same poor standard of refereeing that we have at this current time? Well, I'm. I... I'm very consistent with this and I won't have it said that I'm not, right? Because for me, I told you all last week after the Leeds game, for me, the Gabriel Jesus one, that's not a penalty for me. It's not a penalty. And VAR was never, ever going to overturn it because there was contact. The Rob Holding one on Sunday, that is never a penalty for me. None. But we all knew that it wasn't going to be overturned because there's a bit of contact. Just what is the point? The rule isn't. If there's contact, it's a foul. That is not the rule. It has never been the rule. Yet that is the standard that VAR operates under. What is the point? Yeah, it's so twisted whether things are, uh, you know, in the box or out of the box. And, you know, even like you just said, it's like uh, it's it's public perception almost that it's that it's contact now, which is not the case in that whole like, oh, that would be a foul on, you know any other part of the pitch it's like it you know it shouldn't matter but it seems like it matters every single time yeah i just i'm I, i'm with you paz I'm, I'm i mean i didn't want it in the first place but i am definitely at my wits end with it now and I, I actually was uh chatting back and forth a bit with ian dark the commentator on twitter who was defending var and he said uh you're all complaining but you won't be complaining if on the final day VAR overturns a, a, an illegitimate goal that was that was offside, and I said, to, and, and it saves your team from losing the title or going down. And I said to him, but we might have already seen that because they didn't disallow the offside goal against Brentford, so they've already cost us two points. We should be mm. two points further ahead now, so that might have already happened. And in your whole time watching football, Paz, how many times do you remember a team getting relegated or a team losing or winning the title on the basis of one offside goal on the last day? When do you ever remember that happening? I can't. Um, so you're but... telling me that VAR is there to solve a problem that doesn't exist, and that's why I'm going to be happy with it. It, it. it just it baffles me. But I think it's also I think VAR's been in a way kind of is a deflection from actually attending to the real issue, which is just standard of refereeing. And I think that that is one of the biggest problems that we have in the game because you can eradicate VAR, let's say they do it tomorrow, but the standard of refereeing is not improving. So well, I think you... it's making the standard worse, though, Pass, because referees are not giving decisions and linesmen are not putting their flag up because they're waiting for the VAR. And then the VAR refs are saying, well, we don't intervene unless we have to, so they're missing all this stuff. Yeah, I know. I know it's 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 an exhausting topic. Um, but the the problem is, is we'll we'll have these debates about it. But I don't think I think the trajectory is is this is not gonna. It's either gonna be refined, or they're gonna try improvements like they've been doing with the Champions League VAR with the offsides, where it's more um, it's more automatic um, and um, video related rather than uh, drawing lines and and all of that nonsense. Um, or you know, that it just seems like that's what they're going to do. They're just going to refine it more and more. But I don't, I, I don't think they're going to ever get rid of it. I really don't. No, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, we'll, we'll move on from this now because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sick of having the VAR talk every week. Um, but um, I, I just thought it had to be mentioned. Just yeah, just one more thing. I don't really know how you guys uh, feel about this, but what's, what's like compounding the, 
the uh, frustration for me even more is how many like formal apologies have been issued this year. Like I heard Howard Webb, he apologized uh, that they got the Brighton Brighton call yep. wrong. It's like, okay, that's great. But what does Brighton get out of it? You admit you, you messed up. The call was wrong, but you know, it doesn't help right now. So it, no, I almost it, feel like the, the apologies are just, you know, even worse, like a slap in the face almost. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't help us at Old Trafford. It, didn't help us the home game against Brentford. So shove your apology up your ass, basically. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what else to, I, what else to say. I, I don't know why they don't explain their decisions, though. What? Where's the explanation? Because I'd rather know the explanation than the apology. We got it wrong. Well, why the hell did you make the wrong decision? What were you <laughs> looking at? What was your interpretation, you moron? Yep. Tell us. Tell us what you saw that everyone else did not see that made you come to that decision. Why yep. don't they do that? Why don't they own it? Like, instead of giving us apologies and frivolous bollocks that they, they do every single week, they never, ever come out with anything to support a decision that they've made. And that's what I think infuriates me because the transparency is absolutely woeful. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that's down to PGMOL because they won't have their people talking to the media. They don't no, want to explain their decisions like, and... You know, we talked Deities. about we talked about that a, a, a couple of months ago. The way that the Premier League is—I can't believe the Premier League doesn't have ownership over its own referees. I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and and like you said, eventually something is going to give one of these clubs is going to sue one of these refs. Something is going to happen where they're going to have to they're going to have to try and sort something out because I, I just think VR is actually making the standard of refereeing worse and VIR as a system does not work in football. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, so I, you know, I just, I don't know. We'll put it this way, right? Anfield 89, the Michael Thomas goal. That was great feeling when it passed. Imagine having to wait five minutes to know if you can celebrate or not, because they're going to be checking every single part of that move. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it would just be, it's horrible. It really is. Yeah, There's no, no it's, it's insane. So anyway, let's move past that. Um, I want to get to the feels around this game, right? Because I'm still confused. I, I have no idea how I feel about this game. No mm -hmm. idea whatsoever. Like I said at the start, we should have won it. We could have been absolutely bitch slapped. And in the end, the draw was probably the right result. Pass, how do you even begin to process this game in your own head? It's a really hard one because there were so many emotions, as I was talking about, within within the game itself, within a minute of each other. So one minute we're having a, an amazing save from Ramsdale. Next minute we could finish and win, his, win the game. Another minute you've got a penalty. Another minute it's missed. It, it, it's just it's too much, I think, for us as <laughs> Arsenal fans uh, challenging for a league title. I think on the surface of it, in isolation, um, I always said, I know you said uh, different that you said we've got to go for the win. And, and absolutely, I, I don't think we didn't go for the win in the first half. I think we did. But I always thought to myself, I would take a draw. I would take a draw because history, everyone else who's gone to Anfield um, generally has lost. Um, City lost their Liverpool, uh, Man United got battered. Um, and, you know, so in isolation, I take the draw. You look at it, it's it's like we should not have let them come back at 2-0, especially when we were cruising, really. And then you look at the second half and you see the that, you know, the onslaught, especially in the last 10 minutes of that game. 
So I, I think I, if I look at it, I try to look at it half glass full. It's difficult, an Arsenal fan. But I think, yes, people say it's in City's hands. But is it? Is it in City's hands? Because if we go to City and draw, it's also in ours, isn't it? So I, I yes, losing probably might not have had much of a difference in terms of what we need to do when we go to City. But what it would have had is an impact on our team morale, I think. I think the fact that we did not lose there and that we can go into our subsequent games still with a tremendous record, seven wins, one draw, got the draw at Anfield. No other of those in those top three, top four teams um, have been able to do that. Um, so I think I think from a morale sense or a confidence, I think we, we will be good and we can go into those games a little bit more um, confident than we would have if we had lost that. Yes. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um it is it is a, a difficult one to um you know to to have like introspection on i guess um it didn't feel good at all yesterday um uh, you know right after the game but uh it's the it was probably the fair result you know a draw we were okay. um we were kind of fortunate to come out of there with a point uh after that second half I think it's one of those that um, if we, you know, turn around and get right back to winning ways, I'll feel better about it. Um, but, you know, you're, you're only as kind of, you know, as good as your last result. And I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a fear that City is going to come back until we get another three points. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not going to know if this is a point gained or two point lost until the final tally, right? right. We're, we're, just, we're just not going to know that. It does... You're right, Patty, in isolation, this is a very good result. A two to draw there. Absolutely. And and even if you take it further back than that, after losing at City, like you said, with one seven and drawn one. Mm. If you'd have offered me twenty two points from the next eight games after that City defeat, you're damn right I'm snatching your hands off for it. Mm. You know? So I think you do have to look at it that way. It's disappointing to have lost it from that point, from being two up. It's disappointing to have dropped two points from there. But I do think I agree with you that this does have the potential to be a point gained rather than rather than two dropped. I really did want to go to Man City knowing that we could lose there and still have the advantage, which we, we can't do now. Um, we play a game more than them in the build up to it. So we could actually be nine points clear going there. And I think I think it is important that we do, because I think if we follow this up with a draw at West Ham, I think that could be a problem. I really do think that could be a problem. But for right now, the way we look at this, it's not a bad result. It's not a bad result at all. Um, I do worry about the connotations it's got for the title race, but we're going to worry about that with every single result, especially, you know, City crushed Southampton on Saturday, which we were expecting. They've got a they've got a, a very easy run in, let's be fair, other than us. I, I just don't see where they're dropping points. And that's the scary part, is that you just don't see where they're dropping points. Um, so that's where I'm at on it. But, but past, do you think that we as fans, and also it seems Arteta and the players, have just built Anfield up too much? I mean, I know that there's, I know that the other te- other top teams haven't got a good record there this season. I know their home record is basically, I think, is the second best in the league after Man City. It's better than ours. Um, but have we just built it up too much in our head to the point where we have made it? this huge obstacle. Um, can, you, can you repeat that, Gav? Sorry. I so have, we, have, we, have us and the players and Arteta, have we built Anfield up in our heads to be a bigger obstacle than it really should be? 
Yeah, uh, maybe. It, it, I mean, it, it it is understandable. Um, we we might you're, you're correct. We might be over analyzing them, but it is understandable just purely because we just abysmal there. And and it's not just ourselves. Uh, you know, United have an awful record there. Um, so awful. In fact, they lost seven nil. Um, but they're still challenging for the title. Um, but um, so well, I think they've won two in a row now. So they're back. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but um, I, I, I think that we do. It, it is in the psyche. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think we help ourselves when we go into these games because we always seem to put it down to that. And maybe that played a part yesterday when we lost control of the game. And then there was this, you know, we started to then go back to kind of like you were saying, back to the old days when we sit back and just get a little bit overall by the by the occasion and, and stuff like that. But I think yesterday was also a sign of how we progressed as well. Yes, to, to, yes they could have won it. Absolutely. We could have as well. Um, but I think if you look at the games, let's say... Um, a lot of the games which we've been playing this season, for example, Spurs, um, we haven't had much luck away to Spurs. We beat them. If we look at Chelsea away, yeah, we have over the previous years, but we, we're improving against these so-called top teams. Um, we beat Liverpool at home. We've not been having a good record against them. Got United out of the way. I think in general, yesterday was kind of a microcosm of how much we have improved. Because there are games we've gone in and said, well, we haven't been this team for a few years or we haven't done this away from home or we haven't done this or we haven't done this. We've changed quite a lot of that. And I think yesterday was a prime example that we got the draw. We didn't lose. Um, and we continue a run, an unbeaten run um, going into the subsequent games. I don't think there's going to be any confidence here, but I do agree with you. I still think every time we play them, there is this mindset that we that they're just invincible. And it's probably a good idea. We don't think like that. Yeah, and and that's a good point as well, there, Pastor. I I don't think the confidence is going to take a hit either. You know, if anything, I think this might be a confidence boost because mm. we mm. went there, we went two up, we were leading all the way through till the end, and and I think it might be just. I, I just think Arteta this week in getting ready for West Ham. I don't know there's much that you look at in that game, right? I don't think you analyze the shit out of it. I think you go and say, well, we didn't get beat there. We're on a great run. Let's go and carry on. Yeah, 100% agreed. I don't think it's going to be an overanalyzed game at all. Um, I think going to Anfield in and of itself is kind of a um, an isolated incident, if you will. Um, because I can't see it like, you know, whether you agree with it or not, I think the bringing on an extra center back and changing the way we played, we're not doing that for anybody else at any other ground. Um mm. Maybe City, but, I, you know, I feel like we match up better with City, so it's a little different. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be, you know, you guys played your asses off. You did you did good. Uh, they had us a little bit in the second half, but, you know, we move on to West Ham. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a big confidence hit, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to be getting torn to shreds over it. And I think it's going to help. I mean, you know, Ramsdale is probably completely jacked up, you know, after that performance. Um, so I think it actually will have been beneficial for some individuals. Yeah, and no, I think I'm glad now that we've got eight days until the West Ham game. Do you know what I mean? Like we've got we've got time now because that was that's, that game is going to take it out of you. And um, we have now got eight days to recover from that. West Ham actually go to Belgium. They play Ghent yeah. on uh, Thursday. Um mm-hmm. And you know it's a bit 
sluggish sometimes on the Sunday after you've gone away in Europe on the Europe on the Thursday and and you know and it's a Sunday morning game as well like well early game in the UK two o'clock so I do think that's a that could be advantage us pass with the with that and you know these eight days like I said it's going to be focusing on West Ham but there's not going to be any deep introspection on this it's just going to be we move yeah and I I I think with uh with that West Ham as a point you raised I I thought of that today that they have that conference. Um, league, um, and that's a big deal for them, Pass, because it is. You know, they they won again at the weekend, so they're 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 not safe from relegation. I'm not saying that they're clear, but they're gonna get clear. I don't think anyone at this point thinks they're gonna be the ones the ones to go. They've put they've won last a couple in the last three, I think, and put a little bit of space between themselves. And this conference league's a big deal for them because if they win it, they get in the Europa League and they're into the quarterfinal. They do, and it's a trophy for them. It's a major trophy for them, and I think I I I feel my my hunch is that they'll go into that Arsenal game a bit like Leeds did, where this is a free hit. We 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 don't we we look at our fixtures, and let's just pinpoint the ones that we really need to win, and they're going to be competitive matches, and look at the ones that aren't. Plus, with Europe as well, because am I would I be correct in saying that their second leg is also the following week? Yes, it is. Um, and if yeah. so, if that first leg is a draw or a very narrow defeat, one nil defeat or a draw, that's probably even better for us because then they're looking at next Thursday and then the following Sunday, they go to Bournemouth. So there you go. So they, they, I feel they might do a Leeds where they just look at these games and think, okay, this is a free hit. It's Arsenal. We haven't got a particularly good record. I think we beat them last season there. Um, I think we did that phenomenal draw 3-3, that Odegaard performance, I think, the year before. That was a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're generally pretty good there. Uh, I remember Pepe scoring a, a blinding goal there. I yeah, think Jumberg was the manager, right? One year. We've, we've always been good there. We're, we're usually good there. So I think they're going to look at that. Moyes is not in a good place at the moment. They got Europe. You would think to ourselves, this and Southampton, it's all all leads up to City. Um, there should be no reason why we're lacking confidence um, because we've done something at Anfield that we haven't done for a long time, which is just not lose. Um, and uh, I, I, and you said it there, and I've said it all along. I think these gaps of play that we have now are, can be very beneficial to us, especially this part of the season where City have games coming up in Europe. West Ham, you can see that. So we can really capitalise. And there shouldn't be any reason why we don't. No, and I've I've heard nothing on Saliba yet, Jazz. I don't know if you've if you've heard anything. Like I've heard nothing at all. I mean, it's it's just crickets. Um, I don't personally think that you can just throw him in for the Man City game. That'll have been a month since he's played, and I I just don't think you can just throw him in there and say go on do your thing. Um, he's got to play some part against West Ham or Southampton, right, to to be able to start at the Etihad. Yeah, I think so. I think um, the timeout has just been uh, too great at this point just to throw him in. Um, but, you know, I mean, with with kind of what he's going through, you know, I think it really will be just kind of um, game by game. It's it's a lot harder to put a timetable on that. Um, yeah, well, back but... injuries, are, back injuries, you know, they are what they are. You can't you can't put a timetable on them because it's right. such a funny thing, you know, and I was speaking to a, to a buddy of mine who said, well, if he needs an op, we should just send him for the op. And I, I said to him, man, if you can avoid back operations, you avoid back operations because they yeah. can make it worse rather than better very, yeah. very easily. Saliba's, what, a 21-year-old guy 
with his whole career in front of him. The last thing he needs is a back operation that's going to give him trouble forever. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But yeah, back to the original question. I think if he if he doesn't feature, uh, at, you know, at West Ham or, or uh, Southampton, it's we we kind of be crazy to throw him in at that point. But uh, I, you know, obviously, I hope he's fit. I think um, as admirably as as Holden has done, you know, there's we definitely are 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 uh, missing a little bit of quality with Saliba being out. We are, and we're missing a lot of the we're missing a lot of the passing through the lines as much as yeah. anything else. We miss some of the calmness mm-hmm. on the ball. Um, and it's, you know, it's just one of them, one of them things where the the replacement is never going to be as good as what he's replacing. There's, there's just nothing you can do about it. There's no way we're going to have a backup as good as William Saliba waiting to come in. I don't think Holding's done anything wrong. Um, I thought he was fine again at the weekend. Um, he gave the penalty away, which I've already given you my thoughts on. Um, I just, I don't think he did, he did anything wrong at all. So well let's let's finish the look back at this game then with uh with our usual little bit where we send some flowers to someone pass. Who uh who do you want to point out from the who do you want to point out from the weekend? I'd like to do it to Gabriel. I thought he was fantastic again. I, I just think he's such an underrated defender. Um I I feel not by us, but I mean by the media in general. Um, I just think he, he again he comes he he was after he covers that left side so well in Zinchenko's absent. He's been outstanding at the back. Um, you know, even without his partner in crime, Saliba. Uh I, I I thought he was superb yesterday. I think he's a colossus at the back. I'm with you hundred percent. I was expecting one of you two to pick Ramsdale and uh, Big Gabby was actually gonna be was actually gonna be my one because I, I thought he I thought he was brilliant against Salah. This is exactly what we talked about last week, mm-hmm. right? Where I said mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about Zinchenko with with Salah because, because Salah I thought he was gonna be running into Big Gabby. And that's exactly what happened. And yeah. let's be fair, Gabby had him locked up all afternoon except one time on the back post. When he yeah. managed to uh, when he managed to get in, but other than that, I thought he was I thought he was superb. Salah just he just couldn't beat him, and I thought it was it was fantastic. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good one there. Um, Jazz, who you got? I, I got to go with the obvious uh, of of Ramsdale. You know, we've hit on him a lot tonight. So, but you know, just some incredible saves. I was uh, I was celebrating those two particularly. You know, as if as if we scored goals. Um, just just absolutely massive moments you know in the game that um, you know not only kept us in it but I think gave us you know uh, a boost as well you know in that break uh, in that break down the line that Martinelli kind of flubbed the final pass a little bit uh, you know he was just just phenomenal and I uh, I'm a little partial to to Ramsdale in particular because I I uh, didn't want that signing I was one of those people and I've never been uh, more happy to be uh, proved wrong. He's been just great on and off the pitch. Yeah, I, 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 you, you can't argue with that. I mean, I think he was he was man of the match for sure, um, and that's you 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 can't you can't argue with that. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Martinelli. As I said in the in the first half, I thought going forward he was uh, he was our best player. I thought he was he was fantastic on the day. And I don't want that little bit at the end to to cloud any uh, cloud any judgment on that because I I just thought he was he was excellent. He carried the fight to him, and he always seems to turn up against uh, against Liverpool, and and he did it again. Yeah. So um, the trip to or, or Chelsea's trip to us has actually been been changed, been brought forward to the Wednesday night for TV. 
Um, it's going to be uh, only a few days after the um, after the, the Man City game, but it gives us a little bit longer to prepare for for the Newcastle game. Um, as we're going to see all these games move for TV right now, we're in a tight race. We're going to get flexed a lot. We are, we are. Um, just thank God we don't have anything else to challenge for because I, I would be really concerned if we had FA Cups or Europa Cups. Or we, we've had a, a Europa League and uh, th- this is it now. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. It's um, absolute crunch time. It, 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 every game, I think we're going to be so nervous. Uh, I don't, don't think I will be as nervous as the Anfield game until the City game, but... Um, but this is it, man. This is this is the um, the business end. Um, but I'm still not. I'm not. I, I actually come out of that Liverpool game yet. Yeah, at the time, you you know you're going through roller coaster of emotions. But I come out of that Liverpool game still thinking we we have it within us. And if we were able to replicate the same at City and just get that draw, it's all in our hands. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true, and that's that's the way you've. Uh... That's the way you have to look at it now. Um, <laughs> Jazz, are we hoping for a bit of a new manager bounce here? It looks like the the latest I read, I don't, it seems to me like Leicester appointed 150 managers in the last day. Um, but the latest one I read was uh, actually Rafa Benitez. Um, Dean yeah. Smith has just been appointed, I think. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, oh man. I was really looking <laughs> for Rafa. I, I thought if anyone can get a bit of a new manager bounce out of them, Allardyce. It would be oh, Rafa. Yeah, or Allardyce. Fuck the bus merchant. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it, it changes the tone in a question, but not the question. So so now I'm hearing that it's Dean Smith, not Rafa. Yeah, I'll, I'll just Damn confirm it. that, but I'm pretty sure I just saw Dean Smith. Just new manager bounce. One to ten. What's the chances? Ooh. Um, Minus three. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, we've said before that you kind of go into, you know, every city game uh, expecting them to win. And if something doesn't go right, you know, uh, it's it's great. But I don't think, um, you know, you can expect anything. Um, frankly, though, you know, despite their difficult schedule, I don't think they went out. I um, I think there's there's still a result or two that we could be really surprised about that they can drop points. Uh, and not even counting our game, you know, which I think will be very closely contested. But I just, you know, it. Uh, I saw some stats like the last few times they had a, like a final 10 game run in and they haven't won out since like the Centurion season. Um, yeah, so but I, this, uh, the, the only counter to that is that I would hazard a guess that they've never had this easier run in before. Well, we always say that there's not an easy game in the Prem, right? Uh, <laughs> but, well, apart from maybe Southampton. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I just I'm I'm so I'm I'm hopeful. I'm not going. I'm not going to earmark any single game and say I think they might drop points. But I just I do have a feeling they're 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 not going to win out. Um, I think it's going to be a result that surprises us. We just yeah. have to do our job. I hope so. And, uh, you know, I think that we've got to be hoping that they get past Bayern Munich and, and maybe yeah. have a lot more thoughts about Real Madrid than than anything else. I think that's a, that's a good shot. I, I don't care about the FA Cup. They're playing Sheffield United. They could play their youth team and, and win that. So I, I don't yeah. think that's going to, yeah. I don't think that's going to play into it at all. But yeah, I think we're, we're all cheering on City against Bayern, which, which I, I will be doing just before I scrub myself in the shower raw. <laughs> yeah, and a shitload of injuries as well coming out of that would be great. Um, yeah, that that would definitely be nice. 
Yeah, I, yeah. So it is Dean Smith, um, and it's um, uh, we've got the um, the irrepressible, irrepressible John Terry as uh, part of the coaching staff. So oh, well, that's maybe, right. maybe he can teach you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he can teach a few of them how to be absolute cunts. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and you know, and really, uh, really knows, amongst them. knows. I, I think going to Justin's point about City, you know, I, I think the two games, if I had to pick out the City running, is Brentford away. I don't think Brentford beat them, actually. Uh, I believe they beat them. Last day of the season, though. They're going to have to flip for Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Brentford. uh, Brighton. Brighton do look good. Uh, Even against Spurs, let's be honest. They were the better team than Spurs. Spurs were absolute shite and got all the decisions in their favour. I think Brighton is not going to be an easy game. Um, But yes, I agree with you, Gav. The running doesn't... You look at that and you think, I would have absolutely preferred Arsenal to have that run in than us, um, than them. But um, at at the end of it, I I feel that we have the the longer breaks. So I'm just hoping that that plays into some part in the way that we go into those games. Yeah, and we've been we've been great all season. At the end of the day, we're six points clear for a reason. I mean, it's, it's three points if they win their game in hand, but we're still clear. We've been the best team mm. in the league this season, and, and mm. you can't forget that. You know, it, it's important we do not forget that we've been the best team in the league this year. Um, we could do with with Martin Odegaard rediscovering a little bit of that formula because I think he's dropped off in the last couple of weeks and I think we've noticed it a lot. Um, so I think we could do with him rediscovering some form. But, I, you know, I think we have we do have to remember how good we've been and that's really going to get us through it. Um, just, we, we spoke just to touch on something a little bit in broader terms. Um, we touched uh, about a month ago on the, the relegation fight and how, how close it is. Man, Palace might have pulled himself away with these two wins, but... How crazy is it how tight these down there? I mean, Forrest are in 18th on 27, 27 points, and then Wolves are in 13th on 31, four points separating. Um, pulling it up now. Um, I so you know, my uh, concentration has been purely at the top of the table for, for the past week well, or so. It, but it's funny you said it because I just looked at the table myself before I asked you the question and went, shit, boom, my farm bottom. They're actually 15th. Yeah, they won. Yeah, that's that's impressive. But yeah, what so what is it? It's um uh, So you've got Southampton are rock bottom on twenty three. I think they're yeah. gonna go. I just don't see them saving themselves. No, you got Leicester on twenty five who have not appointed Rafa Benitez, they've gone for Dean Smith. I'm sure Gary Lineker's gonna be pissed. Um <laughs> then you've got Nottingham Forest on twenty seven, Everton on twenty seven, Leeds twenty nine, Bournemouth thirty, West Ham thirty. Wolves 31 and then Palace are on 33 so they're kind of still in it um, yeah. fortunately for us Chelsea got enough points earlier on in the season not to be in it because um, that would have been hilarious yeah I mean it is crazy just um, 10 points between 20th and 12th um, you know one kind of poor run of form could be devastating for any of these clubs um, and you know there's some you know like like Everton you know big historical hasn't went down um so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of really exciting matchups uh in the league this year it's definitely far from over even the race for uh top four top six is 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 pretty solid as well so yeah and and that's that's another one that's the that's the other one that i've seen a few people mention man city do go to goodison um and you know and everton are scrapping for everything it's sean dyche they're not going to be attacking much so that that that's another one that you've got to cross your fingers and, and hope for the hope for the best on. But 
you know, you are right, Pass. It's still in our hands. We don't actually need favours from anyone else as much no. as it would be nice. We we really don't need them. Um, we've just got to do our jobs, and we've got to carry on doing what we've been doing for the for the rest of the season, for the for the start of the season, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I I I, I just I, I I can't see any reason why we won't. Uh, I I think we drilled well enough. I do. I have concerns about Saliba, but I do hope he is ready for the Man City game. If he was to make an appearance against Southampton, let's say, at home to get him back in, I would love him to be back for that Man City game because I do like holding, but I just always worry these much bigger games that he's got a mistake or two in him. Uh, but we're in, we're in this, man. We're very much in it. And I like the fact that the media has gone on about how we're bottling it. You know, all the usual nonsense that we see. And they have these talking points. Fine. Let them do that. Um, yeah. But I think we just play our game and, and, and we'll, be, we'll be good. Yeah. Um, just quickly, Judge, you can have the last word on this. Um, whatever happens from now to the end of the season, I think this has been a fantastic season. I'm proud of everybody. At the start of the season, you know, we were hoping against hope for 80 points and 80 goals. It looks like we're going to fly past that. It's been fabulous, hasn't it? Whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And, you know, it's it's kind of a shame that, you know, since we've been top for so long now, we if we don't win, it'll feel like a, a disappointment, of course. But, you know, let's not forget, you know, 95% of us would have been happy with top four at the beginning of the year. Um, I don't want to have a, a defeatist attitude. I hope we we go for it. You know, I hope we smash City. Uh, but it's it's been a, a great season and and I know uh, there's been talk about us you know being being ahead of schedule um, and I think that's true but I mean just uh, the improvement's been ridiculous and uh, I do hope you know we we go even quite a bit more over 80 goals and uh, you know really set down a milestone for for next season as well yeah well said Enjoy so, the ride. yeah exactly and I think that goes for everyone so for everybody at home too Stay positive, man. We're still in this. We're still fighting for this. And, you know, just happy dorks because it's been an incredible season and, and we can't look past that. So we will see you all later in the week for the West Ham preview. Um, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.